Bibles tonight, turn to Psalms 107. Psalms 107 tonight. We have looked at the Noah storm in Genesis, it's the first storm. And then we looked at Jehoshaphat's storm, and from that, the storm God uh, brought correction into his life. But tonight we're going to go and uh, take a look at the classic storm. And the storm is in stories of Psalm. 43 verses of this chapter is good. I don't, I'm not going to worry, read all 43 verses of this chapter, but I encourage you to go home and read it because it all is good. And I promise you that it will help you and bless you tonight. Amen. Starting at verse number 23. Let's read verse 23. They that go down to the sea in ships that do business in the great waters. These see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commandeth and riseth the stormy winds which lift up the waves thereof. They mount up into heaven and they go down to uh, heaven. They go to, uh, down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They, they, now let's go back to verse number 25. Let me say this about verse 20. For he commandeth and raiseth the storm winds. Can I say, God, if God did not directly cause the storm in your life, then he definitely indirectly allowed that storm to come into our lives tonight. It is both for correction and comfort that no storm comes to the child of God that God has not first pre-ordered or pre-ordained, what a blessing that is to know that every storm that comes to your life, God has gotten in hold of it. God has looked at it. God has seen that. It, it, it might catch you off surprise, but it doesn't catch him by surprise. Amen. And it said, it said in verse 20, it said, they mount up heaven, they go down and again into the depths. Their soul is melted before cause of trouble. They reel to and fro, staggered like a drunken man, and they are at their wit's end. Have you ever been at your wit's end? If you ever been at your wit's end, then verse 28 is for y'all. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distress. But he maketh the storm a calm, so the waves thereof are still. Then are they all because they be quiet, so they bringeth them unto their desire haven. Oh, that men would please, would praise God, praise the Lord for His goodness and His for wonderful works to the children of men. Let us pray. Father, we just come before you, Lord, thanking you for all that you do. Thank you for your blessings and your Lord in our life. Lord, we just ask you to touch hearts tonight, lift us up and encourage us, Lord. Let us know that we'll be able to praise you in the midst of our storms, Father. And we just give you the glory and honor in all things. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. He says... That these storms may shake you to the core, but they have not shaken God. Amen. They might have rattled your cage, but they have not rattled God's cage. They might have upset your world, but they have not upset God's world. It might have thrown me into a place where I don't know what to do or where to go, but I can tell you that God knows exactly what positions you're in and where you're at. Amen. Verse 29, it says, he said, he, he maketh the storm calm so that the waves there are, are still. I want you to know something. 
it was the, that he commanded the rising of that storm. He rose that storm up. He rose the stormy winds up. But it's also he that makes that wind that dies down and the storm to blow out. Amen. It's the same that has com commenced it, started it, is the same hand that can stop it. It doesn't get to go blowing so bad that God cannot stop the storm in your life. No. He, all he can do is step out on the bowels of peace, be still, and the wind has to obey him. It never gets out of control because he always has supervision of the storms in the night. If you're feeling like you're on a roller coaster and your hair is blowing in the wind, you don't know what to do, your eyes are wide open, he has caught you off, uh, off guard, God is still in control tonight. He knows how you feel. He knows what you're going through. He sees what you're going through. He's still in control tonight. And these verses we just read is one of the most classic storm survivor storms tonight. We'll uh, look at each other, all these others, but, I, but I, I really want to get to this classic nature of this storm, especially in the Old Testament here, the, these verses the psalmist has pictured in a great detail uh, the nature and the violence of a storm here. You can see it in, the mind, in their minds in detail as you read this, uh, how the ship's being tossed to and fro, how it's raised in the uh, seas and waves and then dropped back down. And you can see the violence. You can see these men on the deck wondering whether they're going to make it or how they're going to survive this storm. Am they going to get through this storm? I don't know. Uh, you see, they look their hands, they throw their hands up in defeat. They're about to the wit's end. And they feel like they cannot go on anymore. They're about to drown. Then they said, Lord, help us. God, if you don't do something, we're going down for the count. The psalmist shows us the great detail, the violence of this storm. But please understand something with me. It's not the violence of the storm that the psalmist wants you to focus on tonight. It's not the nature or the nastiness of this storm that he wants you to focus on tonight. What he wants, he said in verse, uh, uh, verse number 8 and verse number 15, verse number 21 and verse number 31, he says the same chapter, each theme, his theme, it says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works and the children of men. There's four classic things in this chapter right here if you go home and read them there are four there are, there are four situations that these people have gotten themselves in this is what happens in this chapter if you read the whole entire chapter you'll see what i'm talking about there's bad situations and the storm comes on and at the end of every one of these situations that all oh, that men would praise god can i tell you that is all we need to do tonight is just praise the lord give him the glory that's what the psalmist is trying to tell us. Praise should be a constant companion of a child of God, not just going through the storms tonight, but in the storms. You may be sitting here saying, so it's hard for me to praise God in a current situation that I'm in. That I, I, I'm saying that it's not easy to praise God in that situation, but I'm saying it is possible for you to praise God regardless of what you're going through tonight. Our Lord is still worthy of our praise. Amen. Regardless of how dire the situation is, or how regardless of how violent the situation is, it does not change who God is. It doesn't worry Him. He, he still is God. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're dealing with, 
He is still worthy of our praise. May I say our circumstances should not dictate our praises tonight. Man, it shouldn't. But it should be totally and solely on the fact that our Savior is worthy of praise. If he, if, if he never done another thing for you, if he never blessed you again, if he never done nothing else, well, he is still worthy of our praises tonight. He let us come back to this place. He lets you breathe. He is still worthy of all our praise. Let me say we just don't worship our Savior for what He does because He's done a whole lot for us. But we worship our Savior for who He is. He is the Son of God. He is worthy of our praise. That's what the psalmist is saying. Even in the midst of your storms, no matter how dire it gets, no matter how bleak it looks, in that storm you should be still to praise God. He's the same God on the mountain as the same God in the valley. He's the same God whether the sun is shining or whether it's raining. Amen. Whether the storm is howling, He is still the same God. The psalmist is trying to remind us that He is worthy of our praise regardless of the nature of the storm that you're in tonight. We find in Psalms 107 that He's, a, he's the Lord over the storm. He is the liberator from the storm. He's the leader through the storm. Isn't that a blessing to know that the Lord you serve is in control of the storm that you're in tonight? I'll tell you, that just blesses my soul. He's not sitting at the White House, praise God. He, he's not standing behind the pulpit. But he is ruling and reigning from the throne of heaven tonight. And he sees what you're going through. He knows your circumstances. And he wants to know, let you know that even in the midst of all the things that you're going through, that you still can praise God. Why should we praise God? Because he is worthy tonight. God is worthy of your praise. In song, we praise God. And when we, uh, things are going good, amen, when things are going good in our life, we like to praise God for it. Thank Lord, I've been blessed, amen. Thank God for that. But let me just say, when nothing is going right in your life, you should still be able to stand up and say, hey, praise God, He's done something for me, amen. In this chapter here, I want to show you three quick things on why you should be able to praise God. And I want you to write them down, put them in your heart too. I know that you can be able to get them. But look at this chapter. Let's go through this chapter here. It says right here. You can praise God in that storm because what is behind you. You can praise God for what's behind you tonight. Amen. Not because where you're at in the storm, but because of what behind you tonight you may ask what's behind them notice the storm here it hits in verse 25 before the bible said he commanded and raised the storm and wind before they were ever out in trouble we find that god had already brought these people through some things in their life here there was a lot of things they could look back and said lord you have brought me through this god brought them through that Look what God did for them back in God. If God could do something back there, if God can do something back there, then certainly God can do something in the midst of my storm. Then God is worthy of my praise to do something right here. 
look what is behind him. We find that he got them out of the desert in verse 3. And he gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in this solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry, thirsty, their, their souls fainted them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their troubles, and he delivered them out of their distress. Then they cried unto the Lord in their troubles, and he delivered them out of distress. And he led them forth by the right way that they might go into the city of habitation. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. We find them in a hot, dry place. Uh, they felt like they were going to die. They felt like there's no way they're going to get out. There was no way, and it seems like they're going to uh, die in the desert. They come out of the desert. They brought them into this place where there was cool water. They had something to drink. There was some shade trees. There was abundance of, abundance of shade trees. You could say, what does that mean? What, why does that fit right here? Not only did God get them through the desert, not only can he get them through the desert, but he got them through the darkness. In verse t uh, 10, such as sit in darkness and in the shadows of death, being bound and afflicted in irons, but they, because they rebelled against the word of God, can I tell you the reason why they're in the situation they're in now? It's because they rebelled against God. They wouldn't listen to God. The counsel of the Most High. Therefore, he brought down their hearts with labor. They fell down. There was none to help. They had cried unto the Lord in their trouble and saved them out of their stress. He brought them out of the darkness and the shadow of death, and he broke their bands asunder. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. Not only we see God gets them out of the desert place uh, when they thought it was hot, they're going to dry and they're going to die out in the desert, but God brings them out of a dark place uh, where they sat in the dark and said there's no way out. Uh, they could not see how to get out. Uh, but the Bible said that it was their own rebellion that got them this situation. There was a God that got them out of the past. Uh, there was a God that got them out of the desert. Uh, there was a God that got them out of the darkness tonight. But he also got him out of the dungeon. Verse number 16. For he had broken the gates and cried the bars of iron in the sunder. They are locked up. God got them out. Verse 19. Then they cried unto the Lord in their troubles. And he saved them out of their stress. He sent this word and healed them and delivered them from the destruction. of all that men would praise the Lord. Do you see what these people decided to do? They decided to, to get. They, they they said, "Out of the desert, God got me out of the desert. God got me out of the darkness. God got me out of the dungeon. I reckon God can take care of uh, uh, that storm right now. Then the downpour the wind. If God is big enough to get me through that dungeon, if God is big enough to get me out of the darkness, if God is big enough to get me out of the desert, I'm certainly sure my God is big enough to get me out of this downpour that I'm in. I'm thanking God tonight. Uh, there was a time that I was out in the desert, dry." up you don't know which way to go but God came by and pulled me out there was a time that I was in darkness and I couldn't see but then the gospel light came by and the word of God came by and lifted me out of that darkness there was a time I was bound by the chains of sin and God pulled up and the cross came by and broke them chains and set me free thank God what he done for me back then amen and if he's big enough to do that back then, he's certainly big enough to get me through this storm. That is why in the world that we need to praise God for what he's done back then. What he's done for you right now. 
when I look back and see all the things God has brought me through, I can't help but praise God. I can't help but worship Him, knowing what I've done and what I've been through. I can't help but give Him the glory tonight. And He got me out of the desert, and He got me out of the darkness, and He got me out of the dungeon. Certainly this downpour I'm in, He'll get me out of it. Oh, that man will praise the Lord. Some of you should shout right now. Some of you ought to look at your past and see what God has brought you from. Some of you ought to look back and just see how nasty you were, how ungodly you were, and say, hey, uh, I thought I was pretty good. No, no, no. You thought you were pretty good, but God came by, and he saw you in your desert place. Uh, God came by, and he saw you in that dungeon place. Uh, God came by and saw you in the darkness. Some of you ought to just start praising God right now. And let me just say, you ought to just raise your hand, because some of you owe back taxes on praising God. Amen. We don't give him the praise like we should. Amen. Amen. Woo! Praise God. You ought to, you owe back taxes on praising him. Amen. We sit in church not realizing where God has brought us from and where God has taken us to. We just expecting God to be God right here. But you ought to look in your life and look back there and see what he's done for you. Amen. You ought, you ought to be able to praise God for where he has done for you behind you. Amen. Amen. Whoo, I'm about ready to shout myself to the Lord. He said, praise God. He said, you ought to be able to praise God in the midst of your downpour because of what God done for you back there. And he said, you ought to be able to praise God because of what is before you. Not because of what is behind you, but they see what's in front of them. It told them that they go down in the seas and the ships and do business in great waters. And the people that get into the storms, look at verse 24. These see, these see. Do you realize there's something that you are privileged to see in a storm that you cannot see out of a storm? Let me, let me say that again. I don't think you get that. You realize you are privileged to see things in the storm that you can't see out that storm. I'm telling you, God will show you some things in the middle of your storm that you'll never, God has shown me things in my storm that I was never privileged to see outside that storm. And sometimes God wants us to see something and know something about him. He's going to let that storm come across you and you're going to show you what you need to see. You are privileged to see some things in a storm that you'll never see anywhere else. It said, these see. Some of y'all see the storm. It's my storm. You got to see more than just the storm. You got to see more than a storm. He said, while they were in this storm, the stormy winds blowing and lifting the waves up, and watch what the uh, storm does. They, they mount up to heaven. I, I, anybody been out in the sea in a storm? I've been out in the sea in a storm. You on that ship's bow. And you're there, and that storm is raging. And when that waves go down like that, then that waves come up. And it'll bring you up. You know what that storm's doing? <laughs> it's getting you closer to heaven. 
And then you drop back down. But you know when you're going down, you think it's all over. I'm going to die down. And all of a sudden you go right back up and you're heading back towards heaven. That's what the storm is doing. It's getting them closer to heaven and getting them to see things that God wants you to see. You lifted them up. Ain't that happened with Paul? He got in a thorn in the flesh and he prayed to God. He said, God, God told him, my grace is sufficient. And that got him closer to heaven. Yeah. The, in, the, in the storm, you should stop looking at the storm and let God show you something in that storm to get you closer to heaven, to move you closer to heaven. Amen. Hey. Storms are not meant to push us further from heaven, but get us closer and draw our hearts closer to heaven every time. But we find that Christian people allow the storms to push us away from God and the things of God. You say, what have I got to praise God for in the midst of the storm? Because what he's right in front of you right now in your storm. Charles Spurgeon said, I thank God for every storm that wrecked my life to the rock of ages of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank God for the storms that blowed him closer to the Lord instead of away from the Lord. He said they go down again into the depths. You say, where, where in God, where am I going to be lifted up closer to heaven? Where is God in my storm when I'm down in the depths and I can't see and I don't understand it and can't see anything? Look, turn over to Psalms 139. Mm. Whew. <laughs> don't let your storm get you upset. Where, where is God in my storm? I can't see God. It seems like it's dark. It's, I'm being tossed and turned, thrown this way. It don't look like I can see. I'm in the midst of my dark. I'm getting raising up and pushing down. Where is God in the midst of my storm? Psalms 139 verse 7. Whether shall I go from the spirit or whether shall I flee from the present? If I ascend up to the heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, Thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the othermost parts of the sea, even there shall my hand be led, and by right hand shall hold thee. He says, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, no matter what your storm is doing in your life, he says, I'm right there with you. I'm not letting go of you. I've got you by the hand. It may seem impossible to you. It may seem like you ain't getting nothing done. It may like troubles on every hand. But God says, I am there with you. Get your eye off the storm and get it where it needs to be. I brought you through the desert. I brought you through the dungeon. I brought you out of darkness. And I'm certainly good enough to bring you through this downpour in your life. Don't be like these sailors right here in verse number 27. They reeled to and fro and staggered like drunkards, men that are at wit's end. Then verse 26, and then it said, and they cried. Don't wait till you get in the middle of your storm. That word wits in here means that lost of wisdom. They have tried everything humanly possible they could do. They have tried everything they could think about. They tried everything. They called on God after everything. And everything's said and done. I've done, done it all I can do. I've done, done all I could possibly do. I've said and done the things. I, I don't know where to go. I'm at wits in. I think I'll call on the Lord now. Hey, when your storm starts, don't try to be doing it yourself. Get on your knees and call on God right then and there. Let God say, hey, I know I'm getting ready to face a storm. My life is getting ready to turn upside 
upside down. Lord, I'm going to ask you right now, be with me in my storm. Don't wait until you lose your mind. Don't wait until you get to the point you can't do anything else. Lost your peace and lost everything about you. Don't wait till you lose your mind and then start praying. Start praying when the storm hits you. Amen. You know what the problem with a lot of Christians today? Christians in the storm is they don't know where to look and what to look at. Let me say that again. They don't know where to look or what to look at. You get in your storms and you start looking at somebody else. <laughs> You'll start asking somebody else. You'll turn on the TV and try to get Dr. Field to give you some answers to get through your storm. You'll try to ask the preacher to get you through the storm. Let me just tell you this. It's good to have families in church. It's good to have church family. They can pray with you. They can hold hands with you. But let me tell you what. If you want somebody that gets in the midst of your storm, you want somebody to walk with you in your storm, you need somebody that's greater than all of us, and that's Jesus Christ. Don't wait till you get to the end of your storm. A lot of Christians look for everybody else. They're not looking for God. Looking at the wrong things in the wrong places. I'm telling you, when you hit your storm, and every one of us go through storms, amen, I know I go through storms. I stop looking around. I know people around here can't help me. I'm going to start looking up. That's the, whoo, He's the one that controls the storm. He's the one that brought the storm. And if he brought that storm, he raised them waves. He's, he can step out and say, peace, be still. And they'll be still. Why would I want to look at Dr. Phil? Amen. Hey, don't look at the preacher either. He can't help you. All I can do is pray for you. But he, 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 he let me tell you about my Jesus. <laughs> Woo! He can stop the storms. Amen. They praise God for what's behind them. They saw what he brought them from. They, they, they praise God what's before them. They also praise God for what's beyond them. Verse 28. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. Now listen to this. He bringeth them out of distress. He maketh the storm a calm. So that waves there are still. Then are they glad because be quiet. So bringeth unto them their desire haven. Here we find God has caused them to come to a calm and quiet place. There ain't nothing better than having calm and quietness in your life. There's nothing better than being in that place spiritually. Calmness and quietness. The storm is blowing. It's raging around you. God can bring that calmness into your life. Whereas before you woke up, it was on your mind. All day long it was on your mind. You fret about it and worried about it. You lay your head down at night. It's still on your mind. You lose sleep. It's still on your mind. There's nothing like God bringing that calmness and peace into your life because of the storm that's in your life. There's nothing better than God taking and blowing that storm out of your life and lets the calm and quiet settle into your life. You know what I found out? God can give you calm and peace in the midst 
of the storm. I love the song that she sings. He comes me. And let me tell you what, in the midst of our storms, sometimes we need God to calm us. Because when I tell you what, in our storms, if we, we don't have that common peace in our life, we'll start doing things we should not do. We'll drift away from God. We'll look at other things. But God said, hey, I can bring calmness in your life. I can bring that peace in your life. Thank God for that. What can I praise God for in the midst of my storms? You can praise God for what is behind you because he is good enough. You can praise God what is before you. You can praise God tonight because what is beyond you. It's going to get better down the road. You can say that. Somewhere I promise the waves will die down. Eventually the crash of the waves will cease. And all of that ahead of you is going to be calm. Because you praised God in the midst of your storm. Don't look around tonight, but I've got enough confidence that you can fix whatever is up yonder. Whatever. I don't know the storm that's coming to your life, and I don't know the storm that's going to come to my life, but I can guarantee you 100% accuracy, there is coming a storm to your life. And I can say this with 100% accuracy, you can't stop it, I can't stop it. Dr. Phil can't stop it. TV stop it. White House can't stop it. It's going to come to your life. What you do in that storm dictates on how you praise God. I, I, I like to say this. I'm going to praise God no matter what I'm in. Because if he gets me out at one way or the other, I'm going to be better off. If I'm in the storm and I'm praising God, He gets me through the other side because I know what's up ahead. There's calmness. Storms don't last forever. The storm is here for a season and for a reason. And you can have comfort in knowing that if God brought that storm or God allowed that storm to come to your life, He's going to see you through that storm. You ought to just praise Him right in the middle of that storm. Praise God. Giving Him the glory. Have faith. Praising for God for what he can do before the storm, in the storm, and outside the storm. We ought to praise him there. Like I said, some of us owe back taxes on our praising. Amen. When's the last time you really had a shouting spell for God? When's the last time, when's the last time that you was going through something in your life and you just didn't know what was going on and you didn't turn to nobody? You couldn't turn to nobody and you're just looking around, you're trying to figure an answer, find an answer out instead of just saying, Lord, here I am. I'm just going to praise you right here. I, I know the storm is coming. I'm in the midst of this raging sea. The winds around me blowing. I don't, can't see nothing, but I'm going to praise you right now, God, because I know that you're in the midst of the storm with me. Amen. Some of you in storms right now. Some of you in a storm right now going, what do I do? Who do I turn to? I'm telling you who to turn to. The one to allow the storm to come to your life. I'm telling you. We need to make sure that we praise God. How can I praise God in the midst of my storm? Because of what God has done before you, behind you. And you can look, and every one of us can look in our life and point to the exact time when God done something for us in our storm. What's beyond you. Amen. And what is before you. God is worthy.
Amen. Worthy our praise. Amen. Let's just.